Anyway, um, Exodus 14, we'll get there here in just a second. I felt, um, I say I felt, I felt very impressed that, that really what I think the picture that we're living in right now is Isaiah 60, and I'm going to use Exodus 14 here in a minute to paint that picture, but Isaiah 60 is where we've been the last three weeks as a church, and, and that's the passage one and two. This is, arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear, appear upon you. And again, the word arise, it means to rise up. It means to stand up. It, it means to strengthen yourself in the Lord. It means that you have been empowered and it means to begin to engage in battle. And so in other words, this is not a time for us as a church to acquiesce the territory the Lord has given us. This is a time for us to continue to press into the Lord and continue to take back territory. And, and so what, what the enemy, this is actually, a, this is what I believe. I think this is actually a prophetic word from the Lord. What, what is going right now in society will not stop the church from going forward. I actually believe it will launch it forward. It's, it's almost as if the Lord is pulling back or, or the enemy's pushing back and there's this tension. But eventually when you push something back long enough, it gets released. And what I believe the Lord is doing on the earth right now is establishing communities like ours that are presence-based, presence-driven, that believe in the apostolic, that believe in the prophetic, that believe that the Lord continues to move in this day and in this hour. And not only that, that granted, we love this space here at River City, and it is a sacred and a holy space, but I believe the Lord is raising up people that start turning their living rooms into altars, that start turning their bedrooms into prayer rooms, right? And, and what the Lord is doing in this time is showing us that we're all ministers of the gospel. That it's not about, I, I actually believe this, I, I'll say this, I've prayed this several times recently, that Sunday morning Christianity is over. Sunday morning only Christianity is over. And what the Lord is doing in this hour is raising up people that are Christians 24-7, 365, if that makes sense. He's raising up people that live this day in and day out. So like one of the defining things we've talked about here over and over and over, Brett prayed at Wednesday night on our prayer call, is intimacy with Jesus. We want to equip you to be intimate with Jesus because if you're just relying on coming and meeting in this building, you will be discouraged and downtrodden right here and right now. And so we want to teach you to begin to walk in intimacy with Jesus day in and day out when you're not around a crowd of people because that is every bit as important as what's going on right here in this space. And especially now when you cannot meet together, you have to, you have, to have this dynamic, intimate relationship with Him. Okay? He, he's, he's, it's, he's, not asking, he's not asking for weekend visitation. He's not asking for conjugal visits on Sunday only. Sorry, he's just asking for visits day in and day out. And so I, I'm just saying, folks, we need to walk this stuff out. <laughs> You're welcome. It's time for us to shine and just be who he's called us to be. 
It's time for us to get filled with light, marvelous light, and allow ourselves to be actually filled with Him. And so that's what I'm hoping the last few years y'all has been starting to be equipped in to live this stuff day in and day out. And, and it's, it's like this. Obviously, I don't work out much. I try to, but, but you, you can look at me. It takes no expert. I'm, I've been getting in shape, but it's like round shape is what I've been getting into. And so, so, so with, the, with, with the Lord, let me backtrack. Whew. When it comes to disciplines such as working out, at first it's really miserable. And at first it's hard. But the more you do it, the more you begin to crave it. And I'll say this. Get in the Word and pray whether you feel like it or not. And the more you do it, the more you spend time with Him, the easier it's going to get. It just will. All right. So how we respond, I said this last week, how we respond in times of crisis is really the determining factor of whether we experience revival or not. How we respond, re, re, revival, it's, it's I, I think we've, we've waited for a sovereign move of the Lord, meaning Lord, pour out your spirit. And so we think it's all up to him. And a large part is, is really up to him. But then I also think there's this free will aspect where it's up to us on how we respond. In, in times of crisis, we could, say the, the, we could say that the rain is coming, the storm is coming, the storm is here, the storm is here, the storm is here. Everyone is saying it's bad out there. But where are the people that's saying he's still good, he's still king, and he still reigns forever? That's who the Lord is looking for. And I believe that us as a company of people that believe in the importance of his presence, that we will begin to see him move in this hour if we continue to press in like that. And so our response in this time is what dictates what happens after this moment. I equated this last week to what happened after September 11th. Historically, the greatest attendance across the nation happened in September, Sunday after September 11th, 2001, because people were looking for answers. They were looking for a degree of presence, and what they found was not what they needed because historically the greatest drop in attendance happened that very next week after. And so we as a people have the opportunity to host the Lord in our day-to-day lives to be people filled with hope, to be filled with hope and run with this opportunity the Lord's given us. It's like inception. (laughs) It's all good. So Exodus 14, verse 13. But Moses said to the people, do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians, whom you have seen today, you will never see them again forever. I love that. Brett started singing about the virus doesn't have any power. What's it going to look like when this virus goes away and never comes back, right? And not to be seen again. So, so you will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you for while you keep silent. And I actually like this. The King James says, the Lord will fight for you, only hold your peace. I actually think that's probably a better translation. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. As for you, lift up your staff, stretch your hand over the sea, and divide it. And the sons of Israel shall go through the midst of the sea on dry land. 
Okay, so obviously the Israelites were going through a crisis. They were going through the exodus. They had left the oppressive slavery regime of the Egyptians, and they were going to begin to step into the promised land. And they found themselves quite literally between an army and the Red Sea. They had nowhere to go. They were backed into a corner. And they begin to cry out and they begin to say, it was better for us to be in slavery than it is to be right here in the situation we are right now. So here's this picture of, of their crying out. And, and I believe this is what the Lord would say in this hour. This is a time to see Jesus in this day and not only see him, but trust him. See, see they were in this hopeless situation and again... I'm not going to play light. I, 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 this, what's going on is nothing to scoff at. But I also believe it pales in comparison when we compare it to Jesus. All right? So here's, here's this verse 13. Moses, I'm just going to read the scripture. Moses said to the people, Do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord. The word salvation is Yeshua. I love this. In the Old Testament. He says, stand by and see the Yeshua of the Lord. See the Yeshua of Yahweh and of the Lord. And he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you have seen today, you'll never see him again. Salvation, Yeshua. That's where we get the name Jesus from. That is Jesus' Jewish name is Yeshua. And so I, lo- I love this. I absolutely love this. Old Testament, between an army and a Red Sea, and they say, just stand by. You're going to see Jesus accomplish this. And the word accomplish means to make and to manufacture. I think this is a picture of, of, of this, that if we would stand by and trust Jesus, we'll actually see him make or manufacture an answer to the world's problems that's going on right now. And, and it's, it's not going to be by way of man's ingenuity, although the Lord will use man's ingenuity. It will be a creative act of the Lord. And so it's like when Jesus says, I'm making all things new, right? Or, or, and and, and it, is a, it is a literal it was this way, but now I've done this. Or it's like in Jeremiah 18 where the, they go down to the potter's house and he says, I'm making it yet again another. And so he's making it again, but he's doing something totally different. And so I believe in this hour, Jesus, if we can lean in and trust him, church, that we will see him make something that will be like, it was just Jesus. It wasn't the Democrats. It wasn't the Republicans. It wasn't the, it was Jesus doing something. It was him making something. <laughs> him accomplishing something. Now, seeing Jesus changes everything. I mean, it's, again, it's, it's, it's really easy to look around and see the things that are being taken away right now. And I mean, it's super easy. It's like, I mean, we're, we're, we, we've been asked to meet in smaller groups, which that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. Like, we honor what the government has asked us to do. We've been asked, like, non-essential businesses have been closed. And, and like, I, I'm conflicted about that because it may not be essential for all of us, but it is essential for the people running those businesses. That's a whole other thing, so we should probably pray for those people. But, but certain things have been closed. In some places, you can't travel. In some places, you, you have curfews. Like, they give a curfew in the county I live in for teenagers, which I think is 
incredible. Like there's certain things that people cannot do right here and right now. And it's easy, especially if you get caught up on social media and you can look, this has been taken away, this has been taken away, this has been taken away. But what we are not understanding is how much we are actually given by what's being taken away. The Lord is giving an opportunity for us to see him move in this hour and in this time. Hmm. We all good? I'm just going to stop and be awkward. Oh, okay. She can't read my lips. <laughs> if we got to switch to, the, to, to just the room, we'll do it. We're good. Okay. So, so here's the deal. We're working this out. It's easy to see what's been taken away, but if we begin to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, I think we will stop focusing on everything that's gone and start realizing what we have. And, and I, saw, I saw this post from, from someone, I think it was Will Riddle this week, that said the first time in 25 years that he saw people riding bicycles in their neighborhood and kids playing in their front lawns and people sitting on their front porches together with their loved ones. That's not a bad thing. That is not a bad thing. And so, uh, and, and, and so, and like, I even got these notifications this morning. I, I got this notification on my phone this morning that said I was off my phone 40% less this past week than I was the week prior. And on my iPad, it was 70% less. Now, I, I think that's actually, I, I had no idea. But as much time as I've been home and where I felt like I've been on the Internet a lot, it's actually been less. And that is a good thing because those things have been filled with what? Spending time with my son, spending time with my wife. And so, anyway, those are good, good things. Now, so if we start to feel ourselves get overwhelmed by what's going on, let's start to fix our gaze, right? That's Psalm 121. I will lift my eyes unto the hills. And where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and of the earth. And he will not, he will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. So in the midst of this pandemic, Jesus is not taking a day off going to sleep. He's not like, boy, I sure am tired. I need a nap. Like he's not, he's not doing that today. He is still still in charge he's still in control and we need to begin to look for him and and not only look for him but trust him now here's the next thing that i believe that happens in this story is that we probably need to be quiet and keep our peace yeah. <laughs> let me say it like this and, and let, me, let me read the verse and i'll make more sense all right so verse 14 says the lord will fight for you while you keep silent or the KJV says, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Some of us, the best thing we could possibly do is just stop talking. And I'm not being mean, but just, it's just the truth. And those that are at home, like, do not look at your spouse in this moment. But, 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 but here's, here, here's the deal. John Jersey, I know he's laughing right now. Here, here's the deal. It's really easy to get online and just say, I just need the vent. I've seen it countless times this week. Don't do it. Don't call someone and say, I just need to get this off my chest. You know what you need to do is you need to stay silent, hold on to your peace, 
and go get alone with him until that begins to leave you. What, what happens is Proverbs 4 says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. I actually think this, life and death is in the power of what's written by your keyboard as well. And so, so, so what we have the opportunity to do right now is rather than saying, oh, it's just terrible. And it's, 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 it's like, and I, I don't know about you, but like if I get around someone that's always negative and pessimistic, I like, I always try to keep myself, if I'm in the room with them, I want to keep my back to the middle of the room so that I can make an exit as soon as I possibly can, because I just don't want to hear it. It's draining. But then if I get someone that's always speaking life and encouragement, if I can be around them, I want to stay with them as long as possible because it lifts me up. Folks, right now we have this opportunity to see the Lord move, but sometimes we sabotage Him moving because we're so negative and pessimistic. And I'm saying, let's be hope-filled people right now in this hour. There's an army. There's the Red Sea. (laughs) We're dead. (laughs) No. There's an army. There's the Red Sea. I wonder what God's going to do in this moment. Like there's a difference in what in between those two things. And there's a reason why in Joshua 6, when they were marching around Jericho, there's a reason why they were told to be quiet when they marched. I actually think it's this. Because when you get a bunch of people together and they're marching and they're tired and they're going, like I think they could have been a, a negative and pessimistic. Oh, we're marching again. But instead, they were told to be quiet until that exact right moment they released a sound. And I believe that all of you can release a sound that changes the environment around you. And if you believe that sound is going to speak death, then just hush up. But if when you start to feel that sound rise up in you, it's like God's good, His love endures forever. Release that and watch that change the situation that we are in. As a Christian people, our response speaks volumes right now. I'll be, I'll be honest, like, and this, is, this isn't something that like, I'm like, just proficient at. This is something I'm learning daily. When we first heard from the governor that, or from the president that you should meet with 10 or less people, it's like, man, what are we going to do? Like, I w- I w- my initial response was like, come on. But the more I thought about it, I thought, you know what? I'm not going to let this get me. That we got people that love Jesus that this will not hurt us, that we will be stronger and better for this because we're going to lean into the Lord during this time. And so, so, so now it's like I'll get phone calls from someone, from pastors around the country, and like, I just want to say it's going to be okay. The, the Lord's not like panicked. He's not stressed out. He's not binge eating right now because he's stressed, right? I mean, it's like, hello. I mean, sorry. Sorry, it's a little close to home. <laughs> we just have this opportunity, man, to hold your peace. Hold your peace. And when you feel your peace start slipping, like, and, and, and most of us have triggers. Most of us have things that just walk away from it, whatever it is. If you get antsy watching the news for two hours, turn it off, right? If you get antsy scrolling through Facebook, delete it from your phone. 
right? I'm just saying, put these things in place so that you don't lose your peace. Hold on to it. And it's like, all right, they're getting closer, it's getting closer, it's getting closer. And quite truthfully, it's like this. We're getting more and more cases all around us. So it literally is, the army is approaching. But you know what? Come hell or high water, I'm going to hold my peace. And who is my peace? Well, actually, he is the person of peace because he is the prince of peace. And so I'm going to hold on to him in this time. And we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Uh, we got to keep moving forward in the Lord. We got to keep moving forward in the Lord. That's Ezekiel 47, which is the further and deeper it got from the temple, like the, just the greater the glory. We just got to go deeper in Him. Verse 15 says this. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? This sounds really harsh at first. Why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. I'm not suggesting that we don't pray. I'm suggesting we don't whine to the Lord. <laughs> okay. The Lord, he says you got to move forward. The word forward, it, 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 mean, well, it means forward. It means to move on. It means to leave. It means to pick up the, the, like the tent pegs. It means to tear loose. And I actually think it's this. The Lord's telling Moses, tell yourself and the people to tear yourself loose from fear. Just move on from that. See, when that disaster hits, it's easy to want to stop and do nothing. To be like, I don't know what to do, so I'm doing nothing. That's what people do. I'm, I'm just doing nothing, and we panic. But just because the world stops moving forward and it's been brought to a halt doesn't mean that we stop moving forward in Jesus. I posted this last week. One of my favorite Dan Bohai quotes is this, that we have to slow down to catch up with Jesus. And the Lord is giving us an opportunity to slow down, to begin to walk with him moment by moment by moment, instead of running out ahead and saying, Jesus, would you catch up with me? Which is what we tend to do, right? I, I, I just want, I want to be done by asking him to bless my plans and my hopes and my dreams. And I just want to say, wherever you're going today is what I'm doing. And that's what he's looking for. And so we move forward with him. He isn't telling us, again, to quit praying. He was just like, look, I've already heard your cries because I'm delivering your people right here and right now. What if he's doing right now in this moment? What if he's already heard our cries, or our cries and he's using this moment right here and right now to deliver his people? What if he's using this moment right here and right now to unleash a third great awakening? It's just like we right now, because we're in it, we can't see the, full, the totality of what he's doing. But six months from now, we'll be like, oh my goodness, I see how the Lord was orchestrating every single thing right here and right now now oh in this hour we we can become obsessed with what's going on in the world although i don't think we shouldn't be we should be ignorant of it and freeze i i and, and when you freeze we miss out on what he's doing i think prophetically this is a picture of what happened to peter in matthew 14 matthew 14 jesus walking on water peter's like i want to walk on water <laughs> right and so which i would have wanted to do that too and I've, I've told this story. I have filled up my bathtub before and been like, and sank. And like, I just, one day, I just want to, I want to be able to do it. Just stand on the water in the tub. But anyway, so, so. 
nothing's impossible for God and all things are possible to him who believes. So I'm just like, I don't even have to post about it online, Lord. Just let me experience it one time. All right. So Matthew 14, Peter's walking on water. He's walking on water. Really, he's not walking on water. He's walking on the word of the Lord because he says, Lord, have me come to you. And Jesus says, come. Then Peter walks. So he's walking on the rhema spoken word of the Lord. And then verse 14, I'm sorry, verse 30, it says, but seeing the wind, he became frightened and he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. See, he saw the wind. And and again, wind, you can't see wind. You see the effects of wind. The word wind is probably a poor translation. The word wind in here translates as this, incorrect doctrine. Peter saw an incorrect doctrine and began to sink. What does that look like for us? It looks like us stop moving forward and not trusting that he's going to take care of us in this moment. The incorrect doctrine is to say, sometimes God causes bad things to happen. He's good. He's good. So the correct doctrine is believe that despite all this, he works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so, so, so right now we move forward, trusting his goodness, and we will not sink. <laughs> you won't sink. But what if this? I don't know. You're not going to sink. Well, what if this happens? I don't know. You're, what if I get sick? I don't know. You're not going to sink. What if my friend gets sick? I don't know. You're not going to sink. What if I can't pay my bills? I don't know. You're not going to sink. I'm saying it's just I'm going to trust him, and I'm going to trust him, and I'm going to trust him, and I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to keep going and getting alone with him. I'm going to keep going and spending time with him. I'm going to right now, I'm going to call my friends and family and loved ones. I'm going to text people I know and just check and see if they're, I'm going to keep moving forward in the things of the Lord. That's what he's asking us to do. All right? So, so just keep moving forward, folks. Just keep doing it. And our going up forward is a testimony to his goodness. Again, because as we're arising and shining, Isaiah 60, verse 1, our moving forward and being like, it's not the end of the world. Like I, someone sent me that REM song the other day, and I was just like, this is so stupid. Like, like, it's not the end of the world. Let's just keep moving forward, man. And, and if it is, that's all right. We're going to keep moving forward. Hmm. I imagine you all at home are shouting right now. I'm just going to say that. All right. <laughs> LOL. That's awesome. Some of them are. So there you go. Our testimony. Our testimony will be we are a people that will move forward. And, and like, and I'm going to say this. I pray for churches around the globe. I pray for pastors around the country. And I see a lot of stuff that's going on. I see a lot of criticism for things, for how people, it doesn't make a hill of beans to me what anyone else is doing. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and we're going to keep moving forward. Let me say, as for me and my church, we will serve the Lord. All right. Last point, maybe. Uncomfortable laugh. It'd be cool if, like, we rigged it up to like how sitcoms have like the, you know, and stuff like that. You know. <laughs> uh, uh, 
let's walk through this impossible situation. The key to getting through impossible situations is to walk through them. Look, and like this, this, this is the great paradox is like the Lord delivers, but he very rarely delivers before you have to walk through it. He delivers through it. So that's why verse 16, as for you, this is what the Lord tells Moses, as for you, lift up your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. I love that, by the way, too. I, I, I can't prove this, but this is what it says. The Lord tells Moses, you divide the water. He says, lift up your hand and you divide it and the sons of Israel shall go through the midst of the sea on dry land. Right now, we're probably going to be asked to do things that do not make sense in the natural. An army is coming. They're stuck behind the sea, between army and the sea. And the Lord says, Moses, lift up your arm and your staff, and you're going to, your people's going to walk through on dry ground. I'd be like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? I just like that. It just makes no sense. Like, really? Sounds great. <laughs> For some of us, that proverbial walking through may sound like, just keep trusting me right now. Jobs are shutting down. People's getting laid off. I'm going to keep trusting him with my money. It's his, but I'm going to keep trusting him with my kids. I'm going to keep trusting him with my family during this time. Again, it's, it's going to, it's, it's, it's just, I, I, I really can't think of anything specific other than I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to make sense to your natural senses to walk through this thing the way the Lord wants us to walk through this thing. But it will look like us trusting him. And then we must be willing to respond to the prophetic word of the Lord before seeing breakthrough. See, this is the thing. Like, it's just truth. I have asked the Lord to move so many times in my life. And nine times out of ten, the Lord already told me what I needed to do. And but I didn't do it because I wanted him to send the breakthrough first. And it was when I finally got broken and humble enough to take that step that we saw the answer to what the Lord wanted to do. I tell the story. I've told this a lot over the last few years. Or not a lot, but several times. But I'll, I'll never forget when April and I first felt called to go into full-time pastoral ministry. And it was time for us to, to leave leave Midland uh, under, from serving underneath my uncle and, and start pastoring a church. Like we heard from the Lord, it's time. And we, so we did what good Nazarenes do. They send every district superintendent in the country a resume. Don't do that anymore. I'm just saying that's what we did then. We sent out resumes and we didn't hear anything, didn't hear anything, didn't hear anything. But we had a word from the Lord said, it's time for you to pastor. We finally get a phone call from a district. I won't name it here online. I won't name it live. But we finally get a phone call, and it was really close to where my parents were living at the time. It was drivable distance. It had been 10 years ago, so Ethan would have been five. And instead of living like 15 hours from my family, we would have lived like an hour and a half to two hours. And we thought that would have been great for him and us, and it was much closer to April's family. 
and we, we actually went to this retreat, April and I did. This, it wasn't a retreat, it was an assessment weekend, a ministry assessment weekend. We go to this thing where we had to take a bunch of tests, and they really seen if we were fit for ministry. And the funny thing is, is like they were really excited to see April and I or nervous because on paper we didn't make sense on how we were even married, let alone serve in ministry together. It's just, it's just the truth. Like they thought they were going to be like, eh, no. And uh, but once they saw how we interacted, it was like when, when you get married, it's, it's this. It's, it's, it's two pieces of puzzle coming together to make one whole. And that's what they ended up seeing between us. So, like, on paper, perfect situation. But at that event, that weekend, we heard from the Lord, like, this isn't the church for you. And so, like, we're, we're like, called, Lord, and, and so you must be getting ready to provide something better for us. That's what we immediately thought. And so we co- politely contacted that district superintendent. We already had travel arrangements. We had all this stuff worked out. And we said, we're sorry, we cannot come. God told us this wasn't where we were supposed to be. He wasn't real happy with us, one. The church wasn't happy. I started getting emails from this particular church board telling me how I wasn't hearing from God, which probably told me I was hearing from God, that they had the nerve to tell me that. But anyway, so we thought, all right, Lord's going to do something great. We went months and did not hear anything from any district superintendent at all. Like no, no phone calls, no nothing. And then it was like, well, did we hear right or not? You know, like we're really questioning things. And we went through this time, and I'll never forget it. It was the very first of the year, and our church was going through a 21-day fast. We had never one time fasted our entire life. We felt like we needed to fast. On day 13 of the fast, the Lord broke me. I told the Lord, I am sorry. I've been prideful. I've been arrogant. I repent. If you want me to serve my pastor for the rest of my life and the mission and vision you've given him, I will do it. And just give that back to the Lord. Even though I had a call, I'll give that back to you, Lord. Day 14, the very next day, I get a phone call from Dr. Greg Mason of Louisiana at that time. And his words were this, hey, I have your resume in my hand. It's a terrible resume. I'm paraphrasing what he said, but he basically said, you have nothing that qualifies you to do this. Are you interested? So he said, yeah. And by day 21, we had visited, and we had accepted the call to go pastor there. And so, so what I'm saying is this, is that sometimes you just got to be willing to respond and wait to see the salvation, to see the Lord move in particular situations. And so the Lord may ask you to do something and walk it out, and you may be ready to quit and may be tired and may be ready to stop. But listen, church, I'm, I'm asking you right now, just keep trusting Jesus in this moment. If the Lord's spoken something to you, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still waiting on promises from the Lord from 10 years ago. I'm still waiting on promises from the Lord from six months ago. I'm still waiting on things that he has spoken that I know he said them that they have yet to pass. But I'm going to keep believing that word of the Lord and believe I'm going to see his goodness in this time. And so if we're going to see the impossible right here and right now, we actually actually have to believe that there is no such thing as impossible. 
because there's really not. Because the Lord, there is no impossible, because nothing is impossible for the Lord, and nothing is impossible for him who believes. I mean, it's just like, it's this. And so right now we're living in this time where the Lord's wanting us to see things like, I know it's getting worse. I know it's getting more, like every day you're seeing more and more things, more and more things, more and more things, but nothing is impossible for God. And he's wanting us to live with that mindset that he promised that he will take care of it, right? It's that word in Jeremiah that he's watching over his word to perform it. His spirit is waiting with anticipation. He's brooding over it. It means he's he's guarding it. He's protecting it. He's watching over it as a mother hen would watch, just waiting for the time to come and so I'm saying right here and right now folks and right there where you are let's continue to trust in him let's continue to believe his goodness and let's say you know what right now everything by all reasonable standards we're in an impossible situation but there he all he has to do is just say a word all he has to do is just breathe his breath into the situation all he has to do is snap his fingers and it changes everything And I just want to say, Lord, go ahead and begin to do that right here and right now. Lord, we're going to continue to trust you right here and right now. Lord, we're going to continue to believe that you're good right here and right now. And so we say, just come right here and right now, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray. Revival family, I'm going to pray for all of us right here and right now. And I'm going to pray that the Lord helps us to to see Jesus in this hour. Let me tell you what it looks like practically. I got a text the other night from someone that said, hey, I just had church with someone over the telephone. And what they meant was they prayed with someone that was hopeless. We're going to see Jesus in this hour. We're going to keep quiet. (laughs) We're not going to speak out negativity and pessimism. That is not a gift of this. We're going to continue to speak life and blessing. That's why we've challenged everyone to read Psalm 91 every single day and declare and decree it out loud. Right? (sighs) We're going to keep moving forward and we're going to believe. We're going to believe that it may not make sense, but we're going to walk this thing out and we're going to see him move. All right, so let's pray. Father, I thank you for your goodness and kindness. I thank you, Lord, that you, I thank you that this did not catch you by surprise. I thank you that every every little domino that has fallen over the last few weeks, you knew it was going to happen. And so I, I say, Lord, us as a people, we're not going to lose we're not going to lose our cookies. We're not going to allow the enemy to eat our lunch. We are going to see you in the day-to-day, God. That's what you're asking us to do. We're going to see you in the day-to-day, Jesus. Even as April and I were walking the other day, we were talking about you and we saw two doves. I, I just Lord, we're going to see you in the day-to-day, Lord. We're going to trust that you know what you're doing. We're going to see the salvation, the Yeshua of Yahweh right here and right now now we're going to trust you as well god we don't understand we don't know what to do but we're going to trust you we're going to keep quiet we're not going to speak out negativity we're going to declare and decree the blessings of lord god almighty we're going to hold on to our peace and when peace starts to run off we're going to run it down and we're going to tackle it we're going to hold on to it lord
<laughs> we're going to hold on to it, Lord. And when it starts to wiggle to get out of the way, we're going to hold on even tighter, Lord. We will not acquiesce of our peace in this hour, Lord. And we're going to believe, God. We're going to believe that we're going to see you move, God. We're going to keep moving forward, Lord. What the enemy has meant for harm in this hour will be used for good, Lord. What he has taken away, what the locusts have eaten and destroyed, we will receive seven times as back. I believe that, Lord. That's what you have promised in your word, Lord. So I say, River City, we will keep moving forward. This is not going to stop us. This will not hinder us. We will go deeper in intimacy than we've ever been with the Lord God Almighty. We're going to start to have dreams and visions. We're going to start to, hey, he's going to start to speak in an unusual way. Some of you is going to start to read parts of the scripture that you've never read before. And it's going to speak to you in ways that he's never spoken to you before. Oh, I say that, Lord. I just believe that wholeheartedly. Some of us are going to put the phones down and we're going to open our Bibles up. <laughs> I thank you, Lord. We're going, to, we're going to hear from heaven, Lord. Some of us are going to think thoughts that we've never thought before. And that's because you've transformed us by the renewing of our mind. And so I thank you for that, God. And I say, Lord, we're going to be a people that we will walk through on dry ground. We will see you move in unprecedented ways. We will be a people that say, well, there's nothing impossible for God. And so we're not going to, we're not going to put the handcuffs on you. We're not going to put the shackles on you. We're saying move however you want to move. Move however creatively you want to move, God. We're just asking that you do it right here and right now. And I would say, Lord, as you begin to move, I, I pray you move in weird, unprecedented ways, God. I pray that you would move in ways in which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, Lord. I would pray that you move in ways that you are the only way or you're the only one who can get credit for it. Hmm. You're the only one who can get credit. Move in that way, Lord. When those waters parted, Lord, there's no way the man could have done that. I'm praying you move in a way that only you get credit for. I'm praying, Lord, that when we wake up tomorrow, we see the end of this thing. I pray right now for peace for those in our church and around the country that haven't been holding on to their peace. I pray that peace begins to grab a hold of them. I pray for those that are worried about finances, Lord, I pray you give them peace right now. I pray for those that are stressed out about what's next, Lord, or how they're going to get, I pray you just give them peace, Jesus. I'm saying right here and right now, touch our people, grant them peace in unprecedented ways, Lord. Just do it, Jesus. Fill them with confidence today. Fill them with hope today, Lord. Fill our people with hope today, Jesus. Lord, I love you. And I bless you. It's in your name we pray. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, thank you. God bless you.